I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. From the kitchen window, Ella can just barely catch the edge of the Baptist church two blocks down. They'd had immigrant neighbors above them when they lived in that apartment and no and one day mama had started praying differently. She would pray like they did, like every step on American soil was sacrosanct. The type of prayer that enlisted her whole body. Ella remembers peeking at mama when she was supposed to have closed her eyes and how it felt like she was looking at a superhero bathed in the light of the sun from which she gained her powers it was how she prayed right before kev caught that attempted armed robbery charge it was how she prayed after ella's self-exile and whenever ella would return to the changing neighborhood and spy on mama she'd see that it was how she prayed after that white kid in charleston south carolina had walked through the doors of that church joined the bible study group just like mama's and then pulled out a 45 caliber pistol before opening fire ella hated that kind of prayer sounding like they should be grateful just to be here she remembers reading about that kid who killed those churchgoers and she remembers praying for revenge praying for frogs and locusts and for rivers of blood for every confederate flag to find its own funeral pyre she cried a lot back then the videos have been ubiquitous some more explicit than others six shots into the back of a man fleeing arrest on child support warrant or two shots ringing out and cops standing over a prone bleeding body of a young man in the midst of protests commemorating the anniversary of another boy killed by a cop after each one ella had traveled straight to the site of the killing and she touched the ground breathed in the air sucked that history deep into her body inhaled the violence of the previous hours sometimes it felt pornographic to go to that cul-de-sac in mckinley texas where the black kids younger than her sat on the ground handcuffed while their white neighbors jeered and one cop grabbed a girl in a bathing suit by the arm and hurled her to the ground then dug his knee into her back while she wailed for her mother she'd returned from every trip with her head in her hands what if i'm the answer she had asked herself what if i'm the one we've been praying for two blocks away in an apartment across the street from the baptist church a phone rings hey welcome to the black guy tips podcast your host rod and karen and we're live on a monday ready to do some podcasting you can find us on itunes stitcher podomatic search the black guy tips leave us five star reviews the official weapon of the show is the taser and unofficial sport football and bullet ball extreme uh and of course um this episode's excerpt is a new book that i'm reading right now that i'm almost done with uh it's a fast read it's called riot baby i don't know if you guys have heard of this Mm-mm. uh it's called riot baby and i'm gonna fuck up his name but i believe it's tochi uh Onye Bushi. i hope i said that right um but uh yeah it's a good book so far um it's it's kind of about um what i like is that it pulls from real life it's a fiction book so i like that it pulls from real life to um give the background for the characters and it pulls from real life in some ways that i think like like they have characters in the book that's like Jesus and mero they got characters in the book that um like kind of remind you of like prodigy from like one of those name prodigy from mob deep like that type of name so i don't know if they're the real prodigies or they're the real it's the real mero because like one of the characters name is mero um but um but yeah i really like this book it's it's kind of like um and in this part there's this girl ella and she has a younger brother kev and kev was born during the la riots 
so that's why it's called riot baby he okay. literally was born during that, that that riot uh after rodney king the rodney king verdict and so um because of that uh like they if the books then follows them through their lives and ella basically has powers like she can teleport she can fly she can look at people and read their future read their minds she can affect people's brains like make them feel a certain way she can make herself invisible like she has like she pretty much has like every superpower just about uh and her brother kev you know grows up kind of without superpowers and her mom becomes so scared of ella and what will happen to my child if people find out she got some type of powers and stuff mm-hmm. and because her powers are so strong she can't really control them like she like you know her hormones kick in when she's a teenager she got mad at her mom she almost killed her mom with her powers by accident you know so um it's so it's just an interesting read but one of the things that it kind of explored in that uh that excerpt right there was if you are a black person and you had powers in in this america where and they you know they don't as you can tell they don't really shy from the fact that they're black in america and they take you through it like you know obviously the la riots then you have uh new york stopping frisk there's a chapter where he gets stopped they talk about him the kev the younger one being stopped and frisked and harassed by police um he ends up in rikers allen uh in prison so then they end up talking kind of about the prison industrial complex and what prison is like and all this stuff um and then when he gets out of prison he moves into what is called a supported community or something like that and it's basically like prison outside of prison like you have a you have they give you your own apartment and stuff you get a job but then the job money uh you have to use to pay for your lodging um and then you can't really do anything you can't go anywhere you can't you know like you stay in that place you can't have visitors any of that stuff mm. so you know it's just a very interesting book and it takes place in like a a future like not too distant in the future that this stuff doesn't you know happen but like a bit it's a little bit futuristic you know so man it's just it's a really good book but yeah i love i, I don't know what's i haven't finished it yet so i don't know where it's going but El, ella as fucking powerful as she is and that idea of having all this power and you're like what if i'm the one black people are waiting on to make this shit right you know like all this pain and suffering that black people go through in america if somebody was black and damn near just fucking invincible like it's a miracle black people haven't done something already you know what i mean like more than we have to and just in vengeance even or just to get justice you know after the one of these things but what if someone had the power to get some form of justice that would be amazing so anyway i just think it's a great book so far oh i remember you had mentioned it earlier and yeah that's that's interesting because depending on the person it could be a very violent thing or it could be a very peaceful thing it would depend on the person yeah and then it just depends on also like the mastery of her powers like she she her powers were so unpredictable and hard to manage she basically disappeared from her family one night like she like she like she almost uh killed their mom um and then like i think they watched i think it was when amadou diallo or somebody got killed in new york killed by the police it was on tv and she couldn't take it and she literally just blinked blinked out and she was gone for her family for years and 
after that kev starts getting harassed by police and stuff and before he didn't really used to and come to find out it's because ella was using her powers to keep the police off of him Mm. so so now he's getting stopped and frisked and harassed you know hanging with the wrong crew like and he and he was his, when he was a kid he, he was really really smart and his whole thing was he was going to be smart and go to college and figure out some sort of way to help ella with science and of course that gets he ends up in prison and all this stuff uh so is you know from and they do the whole thing where they talk about him going to prison um where he's accused of something and then you stay in prison so long because you can't afford to get out right and that you just end up taking like that plea you don't realize how long you're in there you're you're in there because they're holding you for trial they keep pushing your trial date back you get in a fight they add that to your time to a sentence that's not really a sentence you know stuff like that so it's a it's a fucking i love the book so far so um um you said you had some random thoughts yes okay um well before you do that let me just say to people hey leave us five star reviews go on itunes stitcher podomatic leave us five star reviews and read them on the show we love those if you're listening to the show and you enjoy it leave us those five star reviews because i mean honestly that's what we do it for all right and of course we can't move out of this segment without butterfly in the sky i can go twice as high take a look it's in a book a reading rainbow i can go anywhere friends to know and ways to grow a reading rainbow i can be Take a look, it's in a book, a reading rainbow, a reading rainbow. All right, go ahead, player. Okay, this is a really simple one. I, I I think I'll do the, I don't want to say the quote-unquote most serious one first, but the, the one that kind of just affected me today. Uh, has anyone ever been bothered by uh, doing self-evaluations at your job? Because they had asked us to do these like self evaluations, and then you know they do their evaluations, and I guess you get up and you guys get actually compare the two. Mm-hmm. And it was as weird as this may sound, it was very conflicting and fucking annoying. I just got annoyed by the whole process uh, because I'm like, why the fuck are you asking me? I don't care. You already know whatever it is you're gonna tell me anyway. So just go ahead and tell me, and then we could talk about it right there, or if my scores are higher than you think it's a motherfucking problem, you know, cause you have some people, they'll praise themselves and shit like that. And people are like, you know, when in reality is this, well then don't fucking ask me, just go ahead and do the normal process of a review. And then it was like, well, write a few sentences. Who gives a fuck? Maybe that's just me. I don't care. Yeah. I don't like it either. Um, it also is like a assumption that you're a very confident person or very, fair-minded person or whatever and i'm like what are you gonna do if somebody just kind of is humble like i don't like maybe i don't feel and maybe that's the thing we all need to get used to singing our own praises but i think especially when you talk about black people and women and marginalized people within corporate america you know there's a tendency for those people not to ask for the raise those people not to apply for the job and so when i'm doing the self-evaluation i bet you that takes part part of that comes out of my own evaluation of myself where i'm downplaying my own self 
in a way where you know somebody else that had a different experience in life would just be like i'm fucking great i'm doing a great job i'm here i deserve all the raises all the money all of this right but you know if i were to take the approach uh that i take normally where i'm like i'm doing a good job but but i'm kind of hard on myself so maybe i could do a little bit better that may come off to look like a negative it gives them areas to kind of quote unquote attack me uh, that was, and all that stuff right and that was my whole point it's like you know i'm going through the learning process and yeah i was like you know basically i was like i'm learning the whole the every question was like i'm motherfucking learning i'm learning i'm growing i'm evolving that was every answer well how much fuck. well the other thing for me though is how much trust do you have in the people that's going to do your evaluation that's true too you know so if you feel like they're gonna be fair they're not gonna try to tear you down then that's a different experience than if you feel like you're walking into a battle zone and i gotta come in ready to defend every single word i said um i think at your current job the way they treat you you probably can be more confident and more outspoken about your progress i think so i think i know i know for a fucking fact you're a very hard worker like Mm -hmm um i know you're also very uh stringent about you know making sure you're on time making sure you're taking your your you, if it's a 30 minutes for a break you're taking you know 30 minutes if it's you know so i think there's a lot of stuff that you don't give yourself credit for and that's the only reason i wouldn't want to see a self-evaluation situation because i know you'll downplay yourself and try to be humble or try to concentrate on the areas that you're not up to par right and i think you would technically be making a mistake doing that i think you should lean into the fact that you're a good worker the fact that you picked up stuff so quickly at your job the fact that you know it didn't that you came into the uh you were telling me about an idea you had in a meeting that where they were like that's a great idea we haven't tried that before Mm -hmm. so you need to be concentrating on that stuff don't talk yourself out of i mean maybe it's too late maybe you turned it in but for next year then don't talk yourself out of praising yourself don't talk yourself out of because you're getting frustrated at the evaluation right. and but but no that you shouldn't be frustrated <laughs> at the evaluation it bothered you're, me terribly and i don't know why you're only frustrated at the evaluation because you're frustrated because you're hard on yourself that's you shouldn't you shouldn't that this is actually good because what they're saying is what's your opinion of yourself give yourself some credit you know that like before you can say this job beat it out of me or they came in and did blah 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 you should give yourself some credit you know that's have a healthy view of yourself like there's nothing wrong with having self-confidence you know it's like when we talk about the podcast you know there's times where it's like oh we just doing this little thing but at the same time it's like yo we me and you have been successful at everything we were attempted at this podcast mm-hmm. now maybe we could argue we could have attempted more stuff and, and possibly failed at it or something we could have mm-hmm. did some shit before we was ready but the point the point is like if someone wanted to say like how great our podcast was i wouldn't be like man shut the fuck up don't talk about this show it's terrible you know like maybe in a joke or something but they're honestly asking you your opinion in a way where i know working jobs where the company was trying to cut me down they never asked me shit they just did a meeting and then told me i wasn't shit right and, and i think so, that's what i'm accustomed to so i'm like the fuck because it threw me off because i was like why i guess in my mind i'm like why do you want you've already did, 
like i said and it's one of those things where i say when you're at an at, at a job that isn't great you pick up bad behavior and it's hard it's like an abusive relationship it's hard to break a bad behavior and you go into a new relationship assuming that they're going to do the same thing even though these jobs are completely different but in my mind i'm like the fuck you wasting my time for you already know what you're going to say why are you asking me how i feel when it's not going to matter anyway but it is going to matter how you feel and you may point them to something that they don't know you know you may point them to something that's like oh we didn't even realize she was the person that made up this idea or we didn't realize that you know she's she was the one on the board that didn't make any mistakes or you know uh she was the one that made us realize that it's not about volume of numbers but accuracy of reports like yeah it could be a lot of shit and you're cutting yourself short and this is honestly what we want from jobs to ask us to check in with us how do i feel about the shit this is also your chance to evaluate them to be like this is what y'all can improve on Uh, yeah you know maybe uh i don't feel like the directions i'm getting from management is necessarily consistent or you know maybe my boss comes down in there a little too i'm I'm not saying this is what's happening Uh, yeah but you. you know like hey maybe my boss is 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 a little bit too aggressive and i don't do well uh with a lot of pressure right. on me you know so this is a chance for you to be heard you should use that chance to be heard and if everything's going great you should say that as well but don't don't feel frustrated like you know i'll give you an example um so uh and my uh with my therapist she said one of the things she gave me homework like exercises mm-hmm. and so one of the exercises is i want you to make a list of 30 positive things about yourself and so when she told me when she that's what i said and when she told me that i like kind of made a face and rolled my eyes or whatever (laughs) and she was like uh 30 um she was like what what are you making a face for and i was like because 30 is a lot Mm -hmm. and she was like but is it really a lot if you think about all the areas of your life you know and you can ask your friends you can ask your family and stuff like positive things but you know if you think about yourself as a basketball player a podcaster a husband a brother a son uh a friend are there is there not 30 things you know but it's just easy to 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 say that about yourself because we're just so used to shitting on ourselves and being like i'm not supposed to think anything good about ourselves myself i'm not supposed to be positive about myself i'm not supposed to have positive attributes i'm not supposed to reinforce this or else i won't be humble i won't be whatever but like sometimes you have to break that shit and and walk around with some with, with you know like break that mental cycle of just knocking yourself down and so you know i'm working on that list because it's you know I, at least that's what it made me realize is like how often am i coming down on myself with either guilt or um or uh kind of like punishing myself for like i didn't have this goal i didn't live up to this ideal other people have this thing and i'm i'm not able to do that and i'm i'm really punishing myself uh for something that as if i'm a bad person in my brain i'm overthinking something you know i'm 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 crushing myself or whatever so you know i i think that's what that that's what that was a test of is to you for when they hey self-evaluate yourself and you start thinking about the negatives instead of all the positives you know like we we really should be sitting around like oh i'm glad you asked I, you know i got a list i've been doing a good fucking job you know what i mean the, a lot of people would have took this job and fucked it up already and here i am you know doing a good job and getting better every day like i think so i think that's a positive thing but it's all about reframing our mentality 
co- correct because you- oh i'm sorry one more thing mm-hmm. i'm sorry i know i've been talking mm-hmm. but because i struggle from it too so i'm not telling you this from a place of judgment i'm saying i do it too but i'm trying to unwork that shit myself right and and i think for me and, and the funny part is that uh for me there's certain things that i know that i know that i know and when i know it and i'm confident in it i can go and i can tell you all about it how i'm great at it but it's just something about the learning curve and not putting the pieces together and getting frustrated because i get to a roadblock and i don't know where to go and i don't know what questions to ask and 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 frustration sets in because and it's unfair to myself to us to I'm like, well, why don't I know it? I should know this. I don't know all the answers, but I'm not going to know all the answers because you have to grow to the point that you know the answers and that's trial and error and doing things over and over again. Like that's part of the process. But when you're in an environment where you just knew everything about the job in and out, where you could, somebody actually question, you could go to the system, even with a piece, you didn't even have to have the whole thing. Somebody give you something, you go, okay, here it is. This is your answer. So I'm used to that. I'm going from that to, okay, now of what screen is that again? Where am I going again? Am I right, but, and I'm like, okay, this is frustrating. But you didn't know everything at the old job. No. You didn't know everything. You learned everything. Yes. So you didn't know everything. When you first started that job, you was looking for the screen. I was. So you can't be hard on yourself. <laughs> it's a new job. You you know, I don't even think it's been a year. No. So it's like you don't really even have a right to be hard on yourself yet. You haven't even been there a year. They don't have a right to be hard on you oh they're not you know so like don't be hard on yourself then they're gonna be you know don't and this is i'm not saying you know because i know you so it's not like i'm saying don't be hard on yourself and then all of a sudden you're gonna start coming into work at 11 mm-hmm. or whenever you know leaving no. whenever you feel like it like i know that this just means you're already working hard and don't i'm just saying don't discount that right right and, it, and, and it's funny though because because i have been trained to kind of I've been trained to have good communication with management. Like I've been trained when you do certain things, you just automatically let managers and team leads know just in case something happened, they filled in. And you know, my team lead, she was like, I am so glad that you tell us stuff and you kind of loop us in. She's like, cause a lot of people don't. And then things happen and we don't know what's going on. We have to ask all these questions. And she was like, you actually inform us up front. I was like, yeah, that's, that's because that, that's who I am. And I feel like the better the line of communication can be, the easier it is for everybody to do their job. The easier it is for you to actually lead me in the right direction because that's your job. And it's easier for you because you aware if somebody breaks a chain of command and goes above you and it starts trickling down, you can be like, well, I know when I'm aware because I try to think of things in a bigger picture other than just my one piece. I've always been like this. You know, how does what I do affect other things around me? And because of that, I'm a very unique employee because most people don't give a fuck. Just tell me what I need to do. That's what I'm going to do and you ain't going to get nothing more. Who gives a fuck how my errors affect other groups and how other people's errors affect me? But I try to be think above that so yeah i i actually do need to get better and i actually feel better talking to you because i was a little stressed out trying to feel the paperwork out because i was like what is happening here and have I you ca- guys already turned it in is it something uh is it done already or what yeah i i, I turned it in mm-hmm. um which which is which is fine you know but i i did kind of uh edit it where i actually started answering truthfully and things like that like okay like yes i am good in this area or you know i might need to improve in this particular area but i am growing like i started 
actually reading what that what it was and just actually answering you're you're a hard worker so being honest you know that's that'll that should work for you too but also just it for i guess everybody else out here listening lie just go ahead and lie because the let's be real other motherfuckers are lying they are much more fucking successful than us because they just fucking say with the right thing and it's even if they can't prove it even if it's not right so just go out you know just lie i'm fucking awesome i'm great i never fuck up because apparently that's what the fucking the world is doing right so you know i I, like i don't know why we always got to get second fucking sheriff or whatever because you know we're over here downing ourselves and trying to keep ourselves humble and shit that's a look that's one of the problems with women that's one of the problems with people of color in, in these environments is we're always trying to find some way to humble ourselves or to have some radical honesty that that pushes us back down fuck that shit lie say you great <laughs> make them come in that room and tell you you're not great you know because you are doing great and often you'll be surprised at how often um they agree so that's true and i never really thought of it like that but you know and like i said this is kind of in my own head because i'm the type of person where i'm like hey just be truthful because i'm like hey i will be the one that fucking investigate and be like well bitch you're lying and i'm like nope here it is so can't nobody come back and 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 second guess me and 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 and, um be like i caught you you know like like i said it's because i'm in my own mind because this is how white people can not have degrees and not be qualified for shit and get fucking jobs. And I'm like, well, bitch, I actually got degrees and I'm telling the truth, you know, but I know that they'll search me. They don't, because if they did, if they scrutinize me the same way they scrutinize you, you wouldn't get away with the bullshit that you do. What's the other random thoughts? The other one is restaurant, uh, going to restaurants two things i've realized and 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 i don't know if it's if it's one of these things where i'm in my own head there's nothing worse than you go to a restaurant that's empty and i'm talking about motherfucking empty and the host wants to sit you beside the one table in the goddamn restaurant bitch it's 55 tables i don't want to be smacked right beside the other people looking in their face in their conversations can you please and sometimes i'll be like can we move over here they look at me like i'm like i'm insane i'm like ain't nobody in this bitch why is it i feel like the same way i feel like that what like i feel like about the elliptical and at the gym it is 45 running machines why are you beside me sometimes i actually will move because i'm like i don't understand this i'm over here by myself for a reason why are you beside me and and a lot of hostess do that and i'm like why do you do this why you pop everybody in one section i've actually worked at restaurants if nobody's in the restaurants y'all either rotating or 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 something like that and nobody gonna give a fuck if i'm 10 tables away from this person i don't comprehend this yeah i I hear you on that i know a lot of people that's a big pet peeve of theirs is coming in and being sat right next to some some table or something it's not really mine um but uh i can see that you know i like the thing for me that's funny is um (laughs) if if you were sitting in a table or me and you were sitting at a table and then they sat somebody next to us and then they got up and said they didn't want to sit there uh i feel like one of the first things we would think is they don't want to sit next to black people so it's kind of it's kind of funny on the other shoe okay and you know what on the other foot i meant in in certain situations i don't even think that i'm thinking this person is like me like like you you cramming me right directly beside somebody Mm, why except that time we went to that fancy restaurant it is racism and you did you did think the white people was racist yeah sometimes it is racism yeah right Mm -hmm. there was no way to know maybe they just didn't want to be sat next to 
another table that was occupied karen that's true but you assumed they was in the clan <laughs> I didn't say right that was in the clan. Mm-hmm. I saw it. <laughs> I was there with you. You assumed the white people was making flags. Make, they was making America great again. Uh, as far as <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't. It's, it's not one of those things that bothers me. But at the same time, like I don't, I'm very much a mind my business type of person. And sometimes, honestly, when a couple or some people, group of people, is talking loud as hell at a restaurant, that's some of my favorite eating. Is that's my entertainment now i'm like and then what did you just do now we have heard some real good conversations yeah, yeah. so i don't know don't bother me as much you would think it would because i'm the introvert um but i i'm to me it's more, i'm more worried about the amount of people in the restaurant because i'm thinking about the service i'm thinking right. about waiters getting distracted i'm thinking about that kind of shit you know um but if it's like a barely almost empty restaurant and like say i'm sitting at a bar and some motherfucker comes and sits in the seat next to me i'm always kind of like i don't know why this motherfucker sat here in my in the back of my brain so you know i like i do get it you know you're in a urine on the dude pissing in the one next to you like there's this idea of like but we had space and we're not gonna use right it. we had we, space motherfucker why if I, if I go to like a matinee movie i remember one time i was in the seat and i bought this seat because it was like only two seats in this area i figured if i bought one no one's gonna want to sit next to me in a fucking movie theater because there was tons of empty seats all over the fucking theater right and this dude came and sat right next right <laughs> fucking next to me and i was like what the fuck is this like the there's the unspoken rules of theatership means you supposed to look at the app see that that seat is occupied and go like, why would no. i sit next to it right let me go sit somewhere else y'all know the saddest thing though when i bought my tickets to see the photograph mm-hmm. uh and i bought us our two tickets together almost all the other seats was one person by themselves mm-hmm. and i was like damn this is a valentine's day romance and motherfuckers going here by themselves they not even able to go on a date like i thought everything was gonna be coupled up but i think we might have been one of the only couples up in there i didn't, I didn't know i didn't for think about bl- that for black love mm-hmm. what happened to black love what happened to black love <laughs> and uh one more thing and this is kind of restaurant related i want restaurants to make their tables bigger for for, for parties of two because for some reason parties of two you get like the corner of a school desk and they expect you to actually eat and put your drinks, your appetizers, your plates, your silverware and your meal all on a two by four platter. Please get us bigger tables because they sit you in the smallest fucking corner. Sometimes I'm like, no, can I move there? And they look at me like I'm crazy. And this is another reason why I like to go to restaurants when they're not as crowded because then I can request that it's not a problem because sometimes I'm like, oh, we're busy okay and now i'm um i'm in this small corner and then on top of that some of sometimes the one reason why i want bigger tables because restaurants are greedy for space they actually cut tables smaller so they can fucking sit 20 people in the in a congested area and i'm like motherfucker if i breathe or sneeze or move my elbow i'm bumping into somebody like we're too goddamn close yeah uh that's one thing i like about you when we go out is like you'll ask that question that i'm i normally talk myself out of because it irritates me i'm like no baby can we sit somewhere else like not just talking about changing seats but like we went somewhere where i really wanted some brunch tacos for rurus Mm -hmm. and then uh they didn't give us the brunch menu and i don't know their brunch hours but i was like damn i guess we missed brunch because or maybe they don't do brunch anymore you know like i was already giving up on it like well let me look at these other tacos and then 
karen asked the dude and he was like oh i forgot to give you the brunch menu and then i got my brunch tacos and this she you always do tons of little stuff like that that i normally don't do for myself um even uh, asking to move tables and shit i normally be like well i'll just squeeze everything into this two top and be fine honey i become a straight up white woman i'll be like Ma- ma'am no ma'am i will not be no this is what i'm not going to do Ma- no <laughs> yeah um and so a lot of times you know that'll work i think the other thing is the reason the two top doesn't necessarily work for us is because we bring our tablets you know i think so, so we didn't right. bring our tablets we probably would be fine and they just don't plan for people to bring tablets because it's considered you know kind of bad form these motherfuckers sitting at the table reading but they don't know we talk 15 hours a fucking week every every week and, and a lot of times our tablets depending on where we go it actually be the center of attention everybody oh what you reading yeah sometimes uh most of the time i i prefer them not to do that so most of the time they leave us alone but correct uh i just think it's kind of interesting because i think no one really plans for that Mm-mm. uh when i go out by myself and i get to see that two top it's plenty of space because right you know i i mean i'm still taking on more space than a normal person but you know pull out my tablet and do some reading uh i wonder if that'll become a thing though as electronic devices get bigger and bigger like spread more people have them if uh the size of a table might change you know and actually i hope so just for the convenience um because like i said in some places it's not a problem some places a two top is fine if the tables are cut larger and a lot of times instead of a two top we'll just sit at a four top which is fine too uh and i and i don't know i think people just think about the space and shit like that i don't give a fuck about the full top coming in you can sit there somewhere else the only thing that bothers me is when they uh when you ask for the four top and then they act like it's a fucking or ordeal i don't because I, I mean like i said i've worked in the industry right it can't be that big a deal no, it's not like I, I understand you know you're trying to uh make sure that you know you have space available in case a party or more people come but like the difference between a two and a four top come on man that's not that that's not no deal breaking shit and we tip like it's a four top anyway so just fucking let us sit there we're gonna order mad food gonna you know have get drinks and shit normally Mm -hmm. um so just leave us you know let us have that four top dog it's we just trying to you know uh two top is a uh, two ta- two chairs at a table four top is a uh table that fit that sits four people yeah um but yeah it's like let us get that let's get that four top off you homie like why you like you ain't mr mcdonald's you know what i mean <laughs> it's not your money you don't and 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 because and one reason why i like to kind of build a relationship with the restaurant after a while they'll kind of they, they know don't sit us at no at no booth niggas love booths not niggas but just people love booths because the hostess the booth is like the first place they plop you i was like oh booths must be really really popular with people because that's where they try to put you but when we go to no places they just no don't don't even look no go to the table yeah uh anymore nope that that's it that because those things was, was on my mind but i'm glad we talked about the uh evaluation uh thing because like i said i think i was in my own mind and the restaurant thing i thought it was just me but looking at the chat room as other people that feel the same way i do and yeah in, in certain situations honey i will white woman it up no, I, I nope i don't want to sit here nope can you move us and i'm like you i've worked that rest we worked at restaurants before so i don't give a damn about you huffing and puffing uh you not to serve you're not gonna, especially if you just uh, uh hostess you're not making a dime off of this baby yeah the only issue i have uh with uh with with that kind of stuff is you know like i'll sit at a two top it won't like i'm okay with it but um 
you know i just need my space that's all like right that's you all know, sometimes some two tops do have a little bit bigger tables and mm-hmm. i'm cool with it right but it's all about the space part of it that's what what bothers me um i did have one random thought it's really you know maybe be slightly a spoiler for um for uh the photograph but i'm just gonna have to say it i don't think it's gonna spoil the movie for anybody but i think it's actually gonna help people okay but um they don't get killed in a hell of gunfire from police at the end so no they don't just want to let you guys know Mm -hmm. that you know i'm not gonna tell you how it ends or anything more than that other than uh if you know so some people will probably decide not to see the film based on that because you know we need black trauma in all of our art or else it's not good <laughs> but um if you're looking for an untraumatic uh movie it's, it's not traumatic that i i enjoy now some of you will think it's boring i'm sure because you know y'all don't experience y'all have never experienced positive healthy relationships so some of you guys will, will consider it boring because no one's getting like beaten and shit but for for the rest of us we finally got our movie y'all we finally got that one we was waiting on the one that everybody been talking about the one they want you know black twitter will still find some way to hate it you know because that's just what black twitter does but um yeah just want to let you guys know that if you're you know if you if, if you're looking for black people being killed it, the same way that we watched them killed on facebook and youtube and on the news all the goddamn motherfucking time and you say hey you know what i need that in my fiction as well okay i don't i don't want no escape from this and i you know what i wouldn't like it if they did get away and was happy and lived in the end uh-uh i need some death well if if you're coming for black death in this one it's just you're gonna be disappointed it's just not it's not gonna end that this way this is for not you. the move for you just let just heads up this is not the move for you and i'll go ahead and tell y'all something else i'm gonna come out the photograph closet okay because a lot i'm gonna come out of the dark the dark room i guess um ah! i loved that movie mm-hmm. like we fun. already reviewed it um you know it's a five for me i like i fucking loved that movie that is a movie that we needed it was right on time so uh i understand there's a lot of people going around being like they didn't like it there's a lot of people saying it's boring there's a lot of people talking about there was no chemistry which is a totally subjective fucking thing they keep saying right. these. they keep saying these things and fucking like i don't know what you call it like these declarative statements as if there's no need to debate it like i have said it is boring it's like well nigga i disagree like what does this mean you know like it's not like uh when someone shoots a basketball shot and it goes in the rim and we know if it went in or didn't this is no some of us had no problems and some people will have problems that's fine i just like to speak up for the delegation of people that fucking didn't that loved it right you know people that don't I, like it they're very loud yeah i really fucking loved it man and this kind of feels a little like the harriet shit now where i think we we have gotten to this point where people get so much attention from being negative all the goddamn time correct that they really can't help themselves Mm -mm. matter of fact i was about to do this article i'm about to do a different one um uh but they really can't help themselves and i think that's why we end up uh in the situations we are where people are just you know um always Mm -hmm. trying to find a way to shit on something Mm -hmm. um because that's some people's brands yeah and i i think that's a um let me see if i can find uh did i not save this woman's article oh my god uh there's this article about the way that people use twitter and stuff and it was so good and it's mm-hmm. from this comedian 
um you probably can google it if you can't find it uh it was i had it on my twitter i'll see if i can find it okay um but uh yeah it was it was just that like we are being rewarded for the wrong shit i agree on some points of that yes like we're being rewarded for just being negative like it, you know i think harriet changed me with how i even view people's movie shit now because it was a time when the only people that really quote unquote trolled movies were like those alt-right gamergate type people right you know but after harriet man i don't fuck with nobody online that when it comes to movie discussion up y'all were lying about shit that didn't happen yeah they were lying they were twisting things they were you know they were making shit up because it was about you know how do i make this the worst um possible version of what i have a problem with right because that's what trends um and so uh i you know i thought it was just so um out of control um and uh for me for me personally it was like uh that that particular one because i saw people that you know relatively well-known twitter and facebook and all these people that you know putting a reputation on the line to shit on this movie and it made no sense and having seen the movie i was like well this is a lie you know and then um joker was another one where it was like i saw the movie if you saw the movie you know that it's not about the things people are arguing about online um even green book to a certain extent like i think it to a, and maybe it started with green book actually for me was that i, I saw that movie and was like it's okay and then when you go online it was supposedly the worst fucking movie in the history of the world and it's like that that's not reasonable that's not rational that's that's not even true you know and i think that's what what i got from that situation and i feel like that's where i am with stuff like the now so so now when i leave the theater regardless of if people were clapping crying dancing whatever i know i'm gonna go online and everyone's gonna be saying it was shitty or it was bad or be upset about it and i feel like that's that's such a terrible place to be yeah and it's also pressure a lot a lot of people have a pressure of i i got to have a hot ticket i gotta be trending i gotta be popular whatever whatever may be i think that the the thing that kind of changed me and i noticed my son i was 12 years a slave uh because with that movie negroes act like you just was not shit if you didn't go watch that goddamn movie and i was like oh y'all need to calm down y'all have got to calm the fuck down yeah yeah that was a that was a big one too um um because because you did have people that uh um essentially use the pressure of social media to shit on other people right and and that's that's the whole point how you weren't shit and i think for me to be told because of how i am i was like oh oh that's word well then i will never watch it and i have not watched it and don't plan on it because because that was my fuck you to them yeah and you know like i said i can i totally can understand um just you know based off of that um man I, I think it was called something comedy civil war i don't know why i'm finding such a hard time finding this article but um but yeah it was um but that but yeah it was it is that kind of thing where uh that was a great example of people using something mm-hmm. that you know should have been either you see this because you want to and right. you know they could have even walked out and said it was a good movie which is fine nope my 
people watch it all the time like i didn't have a problem with that i just didn't like the 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 pressure of if you didn't watch this and you didn't enjoy this you weren't shit and you're like word is this what we doing now y'all yeah no i remember that i do remember that like for me that's where i personally seen that turning and i'm like oh oh so we're gonna start doing this with all the movies now right like that was a that was such a terrible (laughs) that was such a terrible time man and then also like um people were also going and being like i cried okay i was so sad that i cried in the theater i beat myself with whips and chains yes their thing was if you didn't go through the traumatic thing that i went through if you didn't cry and go through this life altering changing experience from watching this i will take your negro card what right and uh yeah so it was kind of like that um man i hate that i missed this article um that i can't find remember who's it by no i don't remember her name ah this sucks i thought i saved it and clearly i didn't okay um i'll see i'll keep searching for it but i'll try to go off of memory though but um okay you said it was a comic yeah it was a comedian it was like the comedy civil war i I searched for it on google it's not coming up because it's all this other shit that uh people that people wrote about um but um the the thing the thing i was gonna say was uh the article talks about how social media kind of rewards especially twitter it rewards controversy and so she talked about how she used to do these long twitter threads about like comedians and you know the comedy civil wars and this you know this comedian went on this show and said this bad thing and this you know this thing was fucked up and so she would make these like long twitter threads and be like um you know get a lot of retweets and get a lot of favorites and stuff don't worry about looking for it babe let's oh, okay this uh try because you're not gonna find it i can't find it and i'm the one who knows what it's about so don't don't worry about it it's it's not something that's gonna be on the first page of google okay um but yeah so she uh talks about how you know she was able to like get these long viral threads and stuff like that and you know she would have it ready to go like some pop off boom but she's a comedian mm-hmm. so she was like i was actually becoming more known for my twitter threads and shit i said on twitter than my fucking comedy and it was becoming that thing where people go this person's not funny they just uh you know they just mad about everything else you know um the other thing too was you um even if you're right or whatever comedians are just as fucking uh petty and vindictive and gang up on people as much as any other social group mm-hmm. so now you talking against the group so you side with the audience or you side with the think piece writers or whatever and say hey this comedian shane gillis or somebody should have lost his snl job because what he said was fucked up and it was racist and you can't da 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 well comedians that might cost you some gigs you know all of a sudden somebody's like you know what man um i don't want you on my show you went against the crew you know the thin blue line of comedy or whatever um so she was also losing shit there the other thing she realized too was she wasn't getting the benefit of having these viral twitter threads and is that when it the some the one Juan put in there 
uh sarah schaefer uh, yeah i think that was it okay um i don't know how you found that one good call um but uh yeah so she also talked about how like she wasn't really seeing the benefits of her threads going viral and shit it's not getting her jobs it's not getting her more opportunities to do stand up or anything like that what it was turning into was essentially promotion for twitter correct like twitter is the one that gets the actual um interaction from you doing okay so it's the schaefer dispatch uh sarah schaefer is her name um i'll try to remember to link this in the uh, show notes because I, I really think that like i honestly think this is like an amazing piece she wrote okay uh so i'm gonna go ahead and read it go um ahead. last summer i was sitting at the bar before a comedy show when my friend looked up from his phone and asked me what i thought about the latest comedy drama happening online a new york comedian was getting death threats for a joke she made oh no i said what happened i could feel a tiny spike in my heart rate which is not unusual for someone like me most comedians i know are enthralled by comedy drama we are drawn to it like real housewives are drawn to yachts filled with women they despise before oh. my friend could describe the incident his eyebrows lifted oh you don't know he said i figured you would have already posted one of your famous sarah schaefer threads about it famous sarah schaefer threads i wanted to crawl into the bar and die the phrase stung because just a few weeks prior i'd gotten into a major twitter fight with a handful of comedians and their fandoms it was over one of those famous sarah schaefer threads in which i had proclaimed that booking louis ck was boring this had angered some comedians and their loyal fans and resulted in a week of taunts harassment threats and embarrassment it had also kicked off one of the worst anxiety attacks of my life i don't do those anymore i said to my friend the words came out bitter and quick it was not some grand declaration but instead a hurried defense against what i already feared was becoming my reputation that i was a comedian not known for being funny but instead for arguing once i said it out loud though the idea grew into a conviction later that night i decided i was really done arguing online about comedy now i I, there's a thing i went through this and i you know i still kind of go through this i don't contribute as much online as i used to because Mm -hmm i really did have panic attacks i really mm-hmm. did have um mm-hmm. i really did have nightmares and shit right. i couldn't it's sleep stressful um you know people threatening you people constantly wanting to argue with you like your brain needs an off switch it does it needs a time to turn off and then also it's empty interaction i have thirty thousand something twitter followers i don't have thirty thousand something people that listen to my podcast so i'm out there just giving shit for free for people that don't have any investment in me beyond follow or don't follow on twitter you know for a large part and then there's our fans on there too but our fans listen to this if they really want to hear what we have to say they want to hear the full context they want to let us be able to elaborate for an hour or two on some topic that this is where they come correct correct and also i think i think for me i'm at a i'm actually at a lot better place than i was at one period of time and like i said i had to come to the uh conclusion about the bernie burrows and shit like that because like watching you go through a lot of those things and shit like that like for me i i was in fear i could have burnt the building down just you know because i was like oh motherfuckers what you're not gonna do is this mm-hmm. you know just speaking from my perspective because i i was like okay this is ridiculous yeah but you but see even with that i put that on me because you're not the one interacting with them online that's me correct so if i wouldn't have been doing it you wouldn't have got stressed out so that's just another negative result consequence of me going out there and putting myself out there in that way 
um and god damn it i picked a terrible time to quit so many juicy comedy debates awaited me snl drama famous comedians complaining about being canceled in stand-up specials they got paid tens of millions to make comedians saying dumb shit weekly a journalist even declared that there was a comedy civil war happening and i couldn't comment on any of it at times the urge to join the battle was so intense that i would type and erase tweets over and over practically sweating as i resisted the temptation to engage once again but each time within 24 hours after the debate had died down i would feel like i had just climbed a mountain i had done it i never once had regret have regretted not commenting on a comedy debate the enormous relief i've felt has been undeniable no more obsessing over what i had posted no more reading cruel words meant to intimidate and hurt me no more panicking over what it might do to my career what my peers might think of me and if i'm on the right side or the wrong side yes because the other unspoken part of all this shit the people that are out there consistently being in the muck and the mire of social media they're doing it for the social part of social media right it's, it's about it's honestly about not fitting not wanting to not fit in Correct. so what you find is if i'm constantly talking about hot topics i create a little group of people around me that's constantly talking about these hot topics and the the unspoken consequence of that is if you stop talking about it they're not your friends anymore nope they're gonna disappear not just that but then they pressure you to talk about every fucking thing they're talking about mm-hmm. so if uh they woke up this morning and they decided that whole foods is evil if you're just like on the beach chilling they're like what the fuck you're responsible to give us your time and talk about this so i guess you don't care about people at whole foods or whatever right and you're like well, bitch I, I i got an off switch right or just life right everyone life. has life everyone life. deserves a break everyone deserves off days not and also sometimes you just don't care sometimes right sometimes you just don't give a fuck sometimes it's not your table right right not my table not my bill to pay and so but 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 the social pressure of it is it's like no you have to comment and if you don't comment you don't care and then it's throwing that martin luther king uh speech at your ass speech at you like you the white and progressive or white moderate or whatever how dare you right but what they're really saying if you get down deep down to what they're really saying come interact with me right i'm lonely i don't want to talk about this thing alone i need you to have my quote-unquote back i need you to care about this thing and what emotions do we normally see expressed in those situations negative emotions it's mostly arguing it's mostly uh complaining it's mostly uh sad depressing shit very rarely is it something joyous and fun Mm -hmm. you you know like that shit don't get retweeted sometimes it is but in those circles it that that shit doesn't necessarily play correct and fun in its own way is always at someone's expense i always tell people this with the show every joke is at somebody's expense it is some people just are more comfortable with the joke being at certain people's expense than others but every joke is and there's and what people are really able to do online is dissect these things that are meant in jest positive comments they're able to spin them around in their brain till they can find the negative part of it correct so you can say something like man i really enjoy going to the movies with my wife and 99 percent of regular motherfucking people will be like okay that's cool glad you enjoyed it glad you had a good time but on on social media you got to find that angle to someone's gonna find that angle to be like well it's nice that you even have money to go to the movies i'm sitting at home why eating uh eating popcorn i know you got food in your refrigerator 
right whatever right it's mm-hmm. always something that they'll find the angle you know uh, i don't appreciate your cis heteronormative relationship showing it all in our face or whatever and and so not everybody feels that way but once you get once one person makes that point now you're living in a world where you and this one person are fucking having a conversation together right now you and this that one you didn't plan on this person that you would walk smooth by on the street come on is now your new obsession or now the thing that you like why would this person fucking say this to me like now you're in your that person and you are now a tandem and that's not a good place to be in Mm-mm. Uh, and once you step back from it, it's hard not to see the con. I started noticing the pattern. One, comedian doesn't say something to, to initially stir up a reaction. Two, the woke mob, quote unquote, responds accordingly. Three, the comedian now ele- elevates and draws attention to his negative feedback, usually by quote tweeting, so all the followers see it more easily. And they add something along the lines of, see, they're trying to ruin comedy, or cancel culture is destroying us, or get her, boys. Four, the comedian fans are now activated in the war zone. Five, other comedians joining the fight, often issuing black and white decrees demanding fealty. Like, if you don't love comedian's name, you hate comedy. Or any comedian who is not defending comedian's name is not a real comedian. Now there's a threat of career consequence as our business is so tightly linked to social status. Outcasting is a weapon comedians love to will. Six, in the aftermath, the original offending comedian may or may not issue an apology, but either way, they have quote unquote one. They fulfilled their own privacy united their fandom behind them and continued on with a narrative that fosters more loyalty more subscriptions and more tickets sold mm-hmm. it's easy to apply this pattern to other areas of public discourse as well especially the politics the arguments are often the same always the same and with the same points volley back and forth again and again with no minds actually being changed and the whole thing like a louis ck booking has become woefully predictable i realized that by fighting these types of fights online i was just playing the part they wrote for me and for what i used to tell myself i was standing for something i thought i was using my voice to speak up for myself for women for comedy and even for free speech after all free speech is not something reserved just for edgy comedians it should be something we all enjoy also and here's the insidious part i've come to unconsciously believe that getting into these types of online arguments were actually beneficial for for my career my famous quote-unquote threads would indeed give me a lot of retweets i thought for a time this is because these were of a better quality than my other type of tweets the positive feedback could only mean i was doing something right other stuff like jokes about mundane topics or anything nuanced would get less attention i figured that was because those tweets were not as quote-unquote good but after years of trying to use the platform to build more followers and experimenting with how i used it it became clear the platform was using me it is very obvious to me now that twitter is intentionally built to reward big opinions and piping high takes the reason these types of posts are rewarded is because all or nothing all or nothing inflammatory statements invite the most engagement mm-hmm. and there is nothing the social media corporations want more for, than for you to stay engaged an employee at facebook once told me that their algorithm rewards native video and pictures and buries anything that would encourage someone to click to an outside link and leave their site these, right right and i know for jay talking about jail that's one reason why jail left because jail's like i'm actually doing good work making these videos but but y'all stop the shit just naturally uh growing and shit like that like if it ain't they shit they like nope yeah and you see comedians having to do all these tricks right like right so let's say you have a youtube video you worked super hard on and you would like to get the ad revenue from youtube by people clicking your link what you what you have to do is like post something like hey i just got married okay for real though i didn't just get married uh but this will make the algorithm boost my post hey in the comments i have a link to my comments to my newest web series can y'all click on it and give me some likes and blah 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 
that so like you have to trick the system but what is it telling you it's telling you that facebook wants you to put the shit on their platform so no one leaves their site and also because um they can put ads on it right so you know you see the facebook videos now people scroll those fucking things infinity and it's all you know every you know here's an ad for 10 seconds now we'll finish your video you know yeah which is the dumbest shit ever but yes uh, these companies spend a lot of money figuring out new ways to manipulate our brains and take us hostage if you're not sure what i mean answer this which statement below is going to get more engagement one i don't like the new beyonce song but i can totally respect someone that does after all taste in music is subjective or two beyonce is trash two right obviously number two for the record i do not endorse either statement one or two because beyonce is perfect it's not just that the opinion in the statement two was very strong but it's also that the opinion is lacking detail the flatter the statement the more easily it will anger and or provoke it is now open to all kinds of interpretation i.e more engagement on top of all this the human being behind the statement now lacks detail as well and becomes a symbol the one side of the argument which is much easier to attack and threaten this is all by design and it creates the perfect conditions for bad actors whether foreign or domestic to take advantage of us along the way yes you see this all the time on twitter some person that doesn't even have a big following they're nobody they're just they're normally a nobody they say something really fucked up right it you know normally this happens on sunday morning somebody says something about sunday morning it's boring before football and particularly when there's nothing else happening something that 99.9 percent of us would be like that's reprehensible you guys pick the thing uh i I don't know um uh you know sometimes rape is okay or whatever right Mm -hmm. something that we all are going to be like justifiably outraged about right but they're saying it in relative obscurity right there's no like they got seven followers or some shit they got a hundred followers no one fucking follows them back you don't they're just some fucking asshole with an account if they're even real right and what happens somebody quotes to he said this is disgusting watch out for these type of men this is the you know and now all of a sudden this person's tweet it does now go viral it actually is getting the attention and stuff and what does it have you doing it has you making threats as you responding as you tweeting about him and the whole point is twitter's getting all that interaction right like there's not a positive interaction your mood is probably ruined now the people who see it their mood is ruined now um that no one's you know but it gives us all a person to judge and to come down on and so you end up with this situation right and that's why people go why don't they ban donald trump this is why yeah uh when i was traveling the uk a few years ago i came across some display in some museum it showed a map of great britain and discussed the length of its coastline from far away if you were to measure the coastline with a large ruler it would be much shorter than if you were to get closer and measure it with a number of smaller rulers and add up those lengths and she includes a picture and is essentially um trying to measure something in with just like so let's say you, you took a um a map right and on the map there's a country and i say okay tell me how to measure the length of this country well if you took a big ruler and you just put it on there you're not really going to be able to get a true measurement because it's not going to take into account all of the smaller angles and curves of the country like unless the country's a fucking square right it's gonna you know there's a bunch of like co- like fra- fragments and all this the different hills, types of valleys stuff. all that stuff right right so if you measure it from far away it's actually going to be a more flat declarative situation you're just three inches or whatever but if you go in there with a smaller ruler and you measure it then it's going to be a little bit longer because you're now taking into account some of the nooks and crannies 
and if you measure it with an even smaller ruler it's gonna be even longer because you're gonna get into all of the every single nook and cranny every single measurable because now you're you're actually taking into the the totality of it but guess what that one takes a long time it does that last one is is not that's beyonce is trash like i mean like that first one is beyonce is trash three inches that last one is you know uh more nuanced and nobody give a fuck about that one Mm -mm. that may take you some time to observe details who the fuck got time for details yeah um this was first observed by mathematician lewis fry richardson and is known as the coastal paradox and is an entry point to understand fractals if you keep zooming in a coastline is infinite human beings i think are also infinite but online we are being measured by impractical and awkwardly broad measuring sticks do we support this candidate or that one do we tell woke jokes or edgy jokes do we love free speech or do we hate it do you wash your legs or are you a filthy pig to skip that part pick one <laughs> every day there's a new way for your whole self to become reduced to merely a side in the argument right online we become shapeless blogs yep like that's one of the reasons i haven't really talked about or promoted any one of these democratic primary candidates my thing is just motherfucking vote i'm the only person online that really meant it when they said uh it doesn't matter i'm just voting for whoever comes out and i'm sticking to it i'm not yep. changing me either no amount of arguments is gonna make, make me, me uh change mm-hmm. my mind nothing nope don't give a goddamn if it's the dog catcher i am vote his ass in yeah i meant it and i'm sticking to it and it's actually giving me a lot of peace mm-hmm. you know like i i mean i have I, i'll see criticisms or jokes about any of them and laugh or correct retweet or whatever i don't care i just i really don't care i don't and it's made it so much more peaceful it's not important for any of these motherfuckers to agree with me it's not important for any of these people to like me it's not important for anybody to uh you know engage there's no thing i want to engage with to change your mind fuck it i don't care i i said what i said in person the nooks and crannies of our personalities are more visible the crow's feet around our eyes emerge when we are just kidding our voices waver ever so slightly when we aren't sure if we're what we're saying is factual or not there are the pauses the sighs the tension and the breaking of the tension the possibility of being punched for what you say the possibility of being hugged as well the infinite ways you can simultaneously like and loathe someone real life interactions can be uncomfortable and messy which is why i think social media is so alluring at times it can help simplify the world and you can feel safe and righteous as a faceless member of the a side in an of an a side in the argument that is until you're standing alone at that as the target of a side and you're now the symbol for what they fear hate and must defeat after being told last summer over a hundred times that i was too ugly to be sexually assaulted i had to ask myself what am i accomplishing here nothing right nothing except enriching people who are best at using me or at worst straight up hate my guts ultimately twitter does not give me a place to shout it gives me a place to take my voice to make my voice small i still use it for throwaway thoughts and promotion but if you want to know how i really feel about something you need to seek me out elsewhere and if we meet in person i'm happy to deliver one of my famous sarah schaefer threads and i promise it will be infinite so yeah i love this um like i thought it was a great uh piece um and i like i said i just feel like that's um 
like i if i could have read it last year she just wrote it last month but if i could have if she wrote it last year i would have fucking loved to have read it last year two years ago three years ago because i felt like that's what i was kind of feeding into mm-hmm. we all do you know and it, and it also like the other part of it that she didn't really talk about you start surrounding yourself with those people too yeah you will and so now you're part of this fucking collective of people that's just always perpetually angry or wanting you to be angry or starting some angry shit right you know so um it's like i start a fire come 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 uh flame the fire with me right um don't let me burn by myself basically that's what they're saying all right now we can get into some other stuff okay but uh i just thought that was interesting uh mcclatchy i think that's right publisher of dozens of u.s newspapers filed for bankruptcy oh uh yeah they filed for bankruptcy protection the company said that it will continue to run normally as it pursues approval of its restructuring plan under chapter 11 bankruptcy protection um they they published the miami herald the kansas city star and dozens of newspapers around the country wow yeah Come pu- on, like for some of them these are some of the largest newspapers in their town the publisher's 30 local newsrooms will continue to operate as usual um while they reorganize under chap- chapter 11 bankruptcy protection the company origins date back to 1857 when it first began publishing a four-page paper in sacramento california following the californian gold rush uh that paper became the sacramento b wow and also i think to technology is forcing a lot of people to adjust and change and i think with newspaper like physical reading they were really slow to adjust to digital um they adjusted but it, and it's, it's like a catch-22 it's like people want shit for free you know they don't want to pay for it and then you actually are providing a service but you got employees that you have to pay so you literally can't do it for free and it's like it's hard to find that that balance because some people actually do pay for these digital services but it took a lot of them a while to become <coughs> digital which mm-hmm. i think was the down which is downfall slow to change um also uh is it catch 22 because with the with the loss of money you lose positions my y'all know i joke about it but you lose editors so now instead of having somebody proofread every fucking thing here's the login here's the password here's somebody that that would do the shit for free and just post it on our site that's why you have misspelled and 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 run on sentences and all this other bullshit because they're like well you're gonna get half-assed because everybody wants shit for free and it just can't be free yeah and it's wild because it's moved all the way up the chains you've been making that joke for like 10 years Mm -hmm. but like as of the last probably four or five years the lack of editors and the lack of like um standards has been apparent like watching like the washington post have editorials that are like you know blatantly ridiculous you know like no one looked at this no one thought you know psychology today having to retract shit you know it's like because no you can just literally sit upload that upload it like medium.com right and that is a motherfucking problem you need checks and balances like you actually need checks and balances and people don't want to uh nobody wants to do this until you get sued or until it's it's so egregious or until you got to apologize now you got to be like well the views of this person well bitch they put it on your goddamn site 
so that meant there should have been some form of checks and balance yeah and uh seeing like the typos and all right. that stuff like that just the show grammar up. spelling because that's the thing when people are writing a lot of times even some of some of your best writers have spelling errors mistakes and all this shit and then it takes an editor to actually get it to a place where you can read it in a book and it makes sense editors they read the shit and they go this is stupid redo it they read it they go okay you know this is too much take this away and then they give it back to you again the editors challenge the person to be a better writer (laughs) and people don't want to they don't want to do that working part of becoming stronger and better writer and challenging yourself and critical thinking and shit like that they don't they don't know it's it's not that karen you're looking at it from the writer perspective but that's not that part doesn't matter because if i hire you and i have an editor it doesn't matter what the fuck you want out of it you're gonna do it because it's part of the job correct i'm saying the company don't hire the editor because they can't afford it correct and you know they're in a fucked up position because like the now the wave is all the people in writers rooms and shit uh all the you know journalists and shit they now want to unionize like all these online companies and shit even them and the way that the money is set up it doesn't look like a structure that can really hold up to having unionized labor and all the attributes that come along with that shit it doesn't look like anyone's really thought this thing through and the amount of work and quality of work that people would want to see costs a lot of money and not to mention like miami herald and shit i think they were the people that broke the epstein scandal so you're talking about journalists and people that do research like you gotta pay them lots of money some of these stuff some of the stuff takes years some of these are real deep dives correct and you're not gonna just recoup the money immediately or even maybe never um and as revenue continues to fall like i think they said uh their fourth quarter revenues of 183.9 million are down 14 percent from a year earlier and this 2019 revenue is anticipated to be down 12 percent from the previous year so you're talking about you know a, a, that's a lot of money to lose and while continuing to want to have like some standards of journalistic excellence um and and pay people what they deserve it's like we may be losing news in america like right Fo- like people talk about fox news fox news makes money and it's not really news it's propaganda but if it's profitable propaganda it people may like that more than the truth because just like that last uh that last thing i read people don't want the nuance people want that hard fast hate fox giving you that fox giving you the you know let's sum this up in 30 13 seconds okay uh, it's all fake news trump is the best and fuck these libs and then if msnbc hey man it's gonna take a minute to break down all the machinations of this administration and to give you the ins and outs and you can tell like online the liberal people and the fucking conservative people don't have time for that shit and don't like it right right and the thing it the thing is the shit that y'all want you don't want to spend money on it this is the shit that you claim some of them claim they won't but you don't want to spend the money and you don't want to invest because as much as people complained about tmz breaking the kobe bryant story i'm gonna tell y'all that's what the fuck people wanted because they clicked and they looked and they consumed it and they watched themselves in it the tmz is like don't give a fuck first who gives a fuck if you're right or wrong i am first and you're putting pressure on stuff on, on, on other organizations it's like i don't care about being first i want to be right that shit is getting pushed to the side because the thing is 
when it comes to newspapers i know a lot of people don't want to hear this newspapers particularly local newspapers they break the local stories of a lot of minorities they break about housing crisis they break about poverty they're the one that break these stories to a national level and if you start losing that who's going to cover these stories who's going to cover the corruption of the politicians and twitter and facebook can't replace all that right they because can't. you're talking about places that actually have no standards of ethics no standards of right or wrong no standards of research people can just say some shit and then people start running with it and you know because as much as we're like tmz uh reported the kobe thing twitter killed rick fox within the context of that story you know like people run and just go with anything and you're supposed to you know that's why one of those journalists got in trouble for saying like uh all of kobe's daughters were in there with them because they was like this there should be standards and you have to get in trouble for doing this now right you, you know and there's no and so losing the place where you're supposed to have the vetted uh the vetted stories the vetted facts and research is not good and i don't know what you can really be done about it because it would require the entire country to reframe their frame of mind when it comes to um like what kind of resources they want to consume and i think the allure of that hot take that fast clip that 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 headline summation is too strong for people i don't think they can break it i don't think i think when people see a story and it's more than a few paragraphs they're like fuck this story i don't i don't actually want to know all this when people hear uh you know uh people make people talk bad about msnbc and i to me msnbc is a bet the closest thing to a good news channel of all the fucking shows um and even with that kind of stuff they still have fucked up shows they still have you know i think hannity is on there and shit so they still so even with that they still buy into well the thing that people will watch the thing that we can get people to see the commercials on is this bullshit right and and, and it's not it, like you said it's not a good thing to slowly watch something like this die and it's one of those things where uh and like i said because i'm an old woman who what when where why and how like th- that's a journalist's job like you ask all those questions and also for me sometimes reg- good bad or indifferent no matter how you feel when journalists are doing their job they're going to ask tough questions they're going to ask hard questions they're going to ask questions that you don't like because that's the motherfucking job and so you see people get mad and offended and upset when a journalist is doing their job because if they're not doing their job that means they're not informing you because truth be told i'm come to the clues where a lot of people don't want to be informed they got their opinion and they're going to stick to their opinion they don't want anything to shift or change or challenge them or make them think or reevaluate why do i feel this way this is why it's easy for when your fave get asked a question or a question about your fave get asked everybody just fucking lose their goddamn minds where i'm like no part of journalism is asking these questions like because i want to know how this why why do you have this person on an interview and why do you have them sitting in front of you if you're not going to ask them questions what the fucking point of the interview yeah i think yeah that's that's part of it too but yeah i don't know what's going to happen with with it just makes you wonder because i don't know if they're because because you know uh, we all do it at this point where it's like you click on an article it's like you need to pay for this uh no you know what i mean so i don't know how they make money to be honest and i don't know what helps them come back if if we'll be doing this article, you know we're reading something in a year like and now they're out of business because i don't know how you 
get that influx of money that you really need right because it and some of them actually doing quote unquote better where they let you read a few for free you know and then some but of that's them, not really doing better for them that's not money for them right and then some of them are like no you have to pay regardless like if you want this you have to pay or they give you a piece of it and then they're like you have to pay um yeah fair fight stacy abrams voting rights group has raised 20 million dollars since its founding she out here doing the motherfucking work now from my understanding online five of that might be uh bloomberg money um but as i told you guys with mayor p i still don't understand these democrats is not taking this money yep like uh stacy abrams seemed to be doing it the best way i'm taking your money and no i'm not doing your dirty work that's what the fuck i would do i don't know why people keep thinking this i don't y'all let bernie fool you bernie will take bernie gonna fuck around take some of that money and then his people gonna make a defense for it because that's what the fuck they do right because you need money for these fucking campaigns yeah y'all gotta stop buying into this bullshit from these like five people on the right like i mean on the left like if you take the money if i I don't blame stacy abrams and honestly it's gonna take every single dollar to make sure people get a fair election um because voter suppression to me is the number one issue coming into 2020 not getting trump out of office not who the democratic candidate is even it's can you vote can you motherfucking vote everybody talking all this shit can you fucking vote everything are you getting purged illegally none of this shit matters if you show up to the fucking thing and they're like oh yeah we wiped you off the district uh uh, roll voter rolls because you know you haven't voted in two years and we we did a sweep someone selected your name out of a hat and said not this person nah mm -mm. uh you got a space in your name and uh it's where it's supposed to be a comma uh so we can't right. do that and this and our system is not compatible but if it doesn't if it doesn't line up with your driver's license we can't let you vote mm-hmm. yeah we can't y'all better watch out man this is what the shit we need to be doing check your registration if you listen to this mm-hmm. uh san francisco district attorney ends use of money bail newly elected progressive chessa bowden uh feel fulfill one of his major campaign promises eliminating prosecutors use prosecutors use of cash bail in all criminal cases good yeah i know the local news can't wait to start blaming some crime on this motherfucker good 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 just that's what li- they do just like i was listening to, to mr span and he was talking about you know because they do marijuana up there you know they can smoke and he was talking about the police was coming out talking about this a fucking uh, the crime rate increase he was like the fucking no it didn't like y'all telling lies Right. because all of, all of a sudden the person you know that i was getting drugs from i'm gonna get violent all of a sudden no this is stupid right uh you know how smoking weed makes you want to go out and do some crimes right no who said that shoplifting cheetos aside right uh san francisco's new district attorney chester bowden officially ended his office's use of money bail and for all criminal cases prosecutors uh at the san francisco district attorney's office will no longer ask for cash bail as a condition for pre-trial detention under a new policy announced wednesday well you know what he should run for president because he's white and so this will be considered a, 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 a positive and no one will look into anything negative uh shout out to amy klobuchar aka the clove trotters okay uh the district attorney's office will utilize the city's existing risk assessment tool which uses objective data to determine if people pose a serious threat to public safety in which cases these can be detained uh leading up to their trial regardless of their wealth according to the press release for the da's office 
prosecutors can still seek to have defendants held in detention before trial in cases of serious felonies involving violent acts or sexual assaults uh for years i've been fighting to end this discriminatory and unsafe approach to pre-trial detention from this point forward pre-trial detention will be based on public safety not on wealth that's how it should be that's how it was probably written and designed until people start using it as a debtor's prison right so anyway i thought that was some good news mm-hmm. um it's also just wild to me that like it's, it's wild to me because this kind of thing is something that prosecutors can do and people say like there's no good prosecutors and shit that's not true it is not true like there's good people in all different kinds of positions and they may not be enough to overturn an entire system on themselves but the idea that there's no goodness that can come of people in in, in powerful positions that can help like nah that's ridiculous there's limits to what you can do there's still the auspices of the job and honestly i don't know what world you think we're gonna live in where we have a criminal justice system that doesn't have prosecutors come on like like some people do do the crimes y'all you know it'd be just, but like i said it, i i'm not gonna go on to a long rant but it it just it's it's just funny to you boy um police investigate female substitute teacher accused of giving lap dances to fourth graders oh word word you know how it is man you come in the fourth grade you have a long day ahead of you and you need to wind off some steam with drinking that chocolate milk you yeah, did you've been drinking all that chocolate milk you know i don't blame them you know sometimes the fourth grade can be stressful so stressful you know and i i know i've been stressed out in fourth grade before you just sitting in class and uh you know uh working on your multiplication tables or something like that and you know you looking steam. at your teacher being like man what are we gonna do unwind um why did it get dark in the classroom what you What's, what's wrong, y'all? Really? Oh, shit! It's sparkling in the hill. The fuck is this? Ladies and gentlemen, coming to the flow, coming to the flow. What? It is Mrs. Jenkins. <laughs> Yo, math, social studies, and history teacher. <laughs> it's time to do some multiplication with them dollars. Let's go, fellas. Yes! <laughs> Oh man. One plus one, y'all. What does that equal? Two of these titties. Hey. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that happened. Of child abuse involving a substitute teacher. Now, we got the chance to speak with one mother who says her 10 year old daughter was in a fourth grade classroom on Tuesday when school officials say the female substitute teacher was removed because of inappropriate behavior with students. This mother says that behavior included asking her daughter and other children to identify body parts. Hmm? She supposedly kissed uh, a child or two. It was like she was playing with their head and getting, trying to get them to say different things that were inappropriate. Mm, them kids gonna grow up and be some freaks. That's how it happens. Now they're gonna be curious forever. 
Fuck them kids up. No. Now, the parent that you just heard from contacted Child Protective Services, and she says the substitute also grabbed her daughter when the child refused to move her chair. Police, who are not releasing details, say they learned of the incident when another parent drove to Wilkins Precinct to follow a report. School officials say, like all employees, substitute teachers are subject to fingerprinting and background checks. Meantime, police say so far, no criminal charges have been filed in this case we're live this morning in hailthorpe mm. yeah that was uh they were saying that the uh like she took her fingernails and like poked the underarm of one child to get her to move her seat what mm-hmm. uh it says she kissed uh one of the kids on the cheek and she would like pull out their chair and do like a lap dance um on on the kid and then go <gasps> to the next one what yep yep this is not the way i want to play duck duck goose yeah i wonder what's gonna happen all i mean was she getting paid in lunch money like how does she i no ma'am no no this is not musical (coughs) chairs like i want to know uh like what do you do what what is you know like and what do you do when that when you get that call from the school like this teacher is uh giving your kid a lap dance you gotta talk to your kid Mm-hmm. you know do you want to go talk to the teacher nah i don't want to talk to the teacher because i talked to, to, to the teacher i might put some hands so let me go on up here and file a report <laughs> i feel like a lot of uh i feel like a lot of the men are going to talk to want to talk to the teacher yeah i'd like to talk to her uh you know it closed uh. the door <laughs> go ahead what and, you uh, doing later on tonight girl ain't no kids here you can do you can you you can do whatever you want to with that number two pencil okay i went to the bank and got some singles yes i can make it rain on let's, top of these toys let's just let's get a little bit of uh pta going on up in here <laughs> if you know what i'm saying let me go ahead and shut these curtains mm-hmm. close these blinds girl mm-hmm. they don't want to see the things i'm about to do to, to do to you girl i wore my jogging pants at this pta meeting ah! you, know, you know what i'm saying so you can see all the prints and i'm not talking about the printer mm-hmm um all right let's <laughs> let's get into our other stuff guys uh well, let's do some uh fucking with black people we're just fucking with those black people we're just fucking with those blacks we're just fucking with fucking the black people that's right guys time to play the game we all hate to play it's fucking with black people the game that goes all around the globe finds different articles make us feel fucked with the side point scores of zero to 100 intervals of 25 today's contestants everybody all right let's get to the first one 64 white supremacists prosecuted by the doj receive a total of 820 years in federal prison why my boy because yes. i think i speak for all of us when i say sis you don't as speak a prison abolitionist nope. i don't want to see anyone ever go to prison for anything Lock ever them up and wrap them in their flags take them on in there wrap them in their flags and, and let them free 
do you know the kind of inhumane things that happen to people in prison karen i don't want to see these white supremacists suffer from isolation lack of resources uh you know they gonna be hanging around with other white supremacists getting getting even better at white supremacy in prison the system needs to be improved but uh yes all all the jail yeah see d ramsey said it too i knew he was gonna say that angry face in the chat right because she's angry at the system for giving these people all these years and i'm with you d ramsey this is crazy no no. we don't need this type of punitive punishment in the system we this is not justice we do this is revenge Yes. and i say we turn the other cheek nope Mm-mm. it's time for us to forgive nope I'm and not, to let people get back i'm not turning no cheeks it's time for people to, to you know you know it's funny i did see people the same people that was like mad that the like people that uh at mother Emanuel remember when they forgave dylan roof and they got asked why you ask for like people to forgive same motherfuckers talking about some well you know prison abolition you know we can't we shouldn't be wanting to throw these people in jail nigga what so which is it we supposed to be mad at black people forgiving we supposed to be mad at both of john's brother and all this shit but at the same time ain't nobody supposed to go to jail for being white fucking supremacists like what are the goddamn rules i just would like to know one day lock them up there are no rules there are i've just come to that conclusion that's crazy anyway it only works out to like uh 13 years each or something like that it's not even that long you know considering that they you know 64 white supremacists hanging out doing shit um yeah to thursday gary cody jones 51 was sentenced to over 11 years in prison for his role in a drug dealing scheme marked the 64th and final hearing in the second round of sentencing for a series of kidnapping and drug related conspiracies involving hate groups damn there was some real sons of anarchy shit wow um jones lawyer did not return a request for comment not only do white supremacist gangs endorse repugnant ideologies they also facilitate a violent drug and gun trade putting our citizens in grave danger said u.s attorney aaron neely cox said in a press release we were alarmed but not necessarily surprised at quantities of drugs and firearm uh firearms recovered during this this investigation the u.s attorney's office is committed to working with our law enforcement partners to dismantle these organizations disrupt their criminal activities and put their members behind bars um so there you guys go uh karen i'll put you down for your cars because this is obviously going to fuck with you to know these people went to prison and i'm gonna put myself down for your cars as well let's move on to the next one what uh, i'm sorry did you what what's going on zero they yeah I'm, wow zero go, these are human beings go to the jail wow go all the way to the jail man that's oh that's really sad that you guys would i mean want can to i shut the sale <laughs> uh i give it i give it uh zero as well uh tv reporter breaks industries <clears throat> industry standards by wearing box braids on the air be yourself and the world will adjust oh this is motherfucking 100 an illinois tv anchor is challenging the rigid rules of the news industry by wearing braids on the air brianna collins didn't know she could wear braids on tv the 26 year old news anchor at fox in champaign illinois was tired of wearing straight hair and kowtowing to industry standards regarding hairstyles in response she took action 
i've been in the television industry for about four years now so i'm still fairly new to the business but one thing that i always wanted to do when i was in the industry was wear my braids she told today style sometimes you just want to give your hair a break or you're tired of doing it every day right um inspired by florida journalist aj walker who posted photos of the her braided hair collins asked her team if it was okay to wear braids to her surprise the network was supported throughout the whole uh, process mm-hmm. but it's gonna be interesting the viewers just gonna write in about your braids because you know somebody gonna have something to say well uh zero to a hundred oh uh, uh zero because it turned out positive but a hundred for the racist people just gonna write in okay all right uh that's a new one um because somebody gonna say something you don't got the white flowing hell the fuck is wrong with you you know how they do yeah uh i give it a zero i mean it's i just i'm just you know happy for me too i hope more people can do it and i'm glad they were that was very supportive because you know it's one of those things when it comes to our hair they don't try to hear anything about our hair it's like you your shit better be relaxed but the thing is a lot of the the hair damage a lot of the hair loss and all that shit that we have is because we're relaxing our hair hmm well it's also because you know um not like you know whether it's protective styles or not right even as just a like if i just want to have my hair braided Correct. I don't, like yeah, i like yeah. i like honestly i don't even really need the argument of well this is what's best for my hair like Mm-mm. nigga i want to wear my hair like this what's the problem and like she said you want to give your hair a break because regardless of if you get your hair relaxed or if you go natural like me sometimes you just want some shit where you don't want to have to fucking comb it right right so it's just interesting that uh that's still such a hot topic yeah because there's black women and lord how mercy don't let them bitches uh get control of their uh, of their bodies who who the fuck knows what they'll do yeah um all right let's do one more um report black business owners are denied bank loans twice as often as white business owners mm-hmm. and be having excellent credit too black business owners are routinely denied bank loans even if they have good credit scores and consistent annual profits more than any other racial group black entrepreneurs more frequently hear no when going after business loans one case in point is freddie lee james and his wife deborah who started freddie lee's gourmet sauces in st louis back in 2010 the couple has a great credit store and two hundred thousand dollars in annual yearly profits their barbecue sauce is currently sold at more than a thousand retail stores across america the united states and jamaica including uh home goods schnucks deerberg straws and high v uh yet they can't qualify for a business loan we have a 750 760 credit store we pay all our debts we don't have no problems with that but they were saying that the sauce business is not generating enough capital to their standards according to the u.s federal reserve statistics black business owners are denied loans by banks twice as often as white business owners in 2014 when data was last made available nationally more than half of all applications for bank loans from black owned businesses were denied this compares to about 25 percent of loan applications from white business owners in the same time frame well goddamn deborah jane said without bank funding it's tough to expand their business right to achieve the bank's requirements for volume she said it's impossible to reach their sales quota by well-financed brands while working off of a small business budget 
the finance to finance the business the couple used a hundred thousand dollars from freddie lee james 401k and then went to justin peterson justine peterson a st louis micro lender for help the nonprofit organization works with small business owners to help them improve their credit and qualify for affordable loans galen gandolfi a senior loan counselor and spokesman at justine peterson uh said that there are many businesses business owners in the same predicament as the jameses st louis seemingly provincial lending struggles not only with the entrepreneurs that don't historically look like them but also the types of businesses that are unique to those populations so yeah y'all niggas sell barbecue sauce and they like oh that's some black shit (laughs) we don't understand how you even make money with that because no one else has ever had barbecue sauce that's not black that would buy it so obviously we can't fund your business loan um meanwhile this is that this is a bank literally passing off on profit racism is irrational and goddamn illogical yep so zero to a hundred oh that's a hundred and what was the name of that place again the name of the the restaurant the restaurant mm-hmm. oh man i just hold oh my, closed it. my bad um but i i give it a dracarys actually more more so than the uh than just a hundred because it's really they use that one case but they're talking about the whole industry we're black we're a black business mm-hmm. we have great credit you know and you know the the only people that are really knocking down our door to give us a loan are like paypal because that's more like a weird kind of you pay off they get the money directly out of your revenue type thing mm-hmm. um and yeah that's it you know we bank with bbnt we have a great relationship with them blah 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 they barely even understand what the fuck we do every time i'm in the office i gotta re-explain what the fuck we do right and it looks like you make all this money doing what and we've made a profit you know going on four or five years since we started this thing they'd be so confused they'd be like you make money doing something yeah and we pay ourselves and we put a little money away and still you know if we wanted to go in there and borrow some money for some bigger venture i gotta be stressed the fuck out about are they gonna really uh respect my black business and the black dollar right because it's you know something that we kind of have talked about but we're like you know what is it's very like i said right it's very frustrating and not only that this is business owners so imagine just your normal regular ass person with good credit being denied for home loans and and shit like that yeah it's freddie lee's gourmet sauces thank you so um you know it's it's just sad that that's how it is but yes emblematic of a much bigger problem which is racism throughout the whole country affecting black businesses so if you're a black business owner and who's the number one people starting businesses in america right now black people black women oh yeah yeah particularly black women and a lot of times it's because we're, we're sick and tired of being sick and tired and we're sick and tired of not getting promotions we're sick and tired of being skipped over and a lot of times we are the ones that support us that's why they always fucking shocked and surprised how the hell you make all this money uh off of a hair scarf or how the hell you make all this money off a of hair product and creams and shit like that like i don't we don't understand that's because there's people that y'all won't fucking serve yep all right let's go to guess the race all right uh wait why is spotify moving slow uh all right well did all that pausing just for spotify to let me down um, <laughs> now that it's time for some guess the race that's right it's guess the race time now that 
that it's time for some guest race. That's right, it's guest race time. That's right, it's time for guest race. The number one game show going across all the podcast land where you read or play news articles from all over the globe. We ask our contestants today, Karen, in the chat room to guess the race. And of course, everyone playing is racist. Uh, man posing as Wu Tang Clan members accused of scamming hotels out of more than a hundred thousand dollars. Oh, a group of men driving around in Rolls Royces posed as famous rappers to scam more than a hundred thousand dollars from exclusive hotels, according to a criminal complaint filed this week in the U.S. District Court of Atlanta. Investigators say Aaron Barnes Burpo and another man claimed to be with the entertainment firm Rock Nation and the Wu Tang Clan. Oh, okay, <clears throat> they don't even go together right the georgian terrace hotel in the hyatt regency in atlanta that's like that's how they got them so they, they talked to a black person they be like mm, this combo don't make no sense yeah I th- but you know i felt like everyone knows wu-tang uh they say they walked out on tabs worth forty five thousand and thirty nine thousand dollars it wasn't until a hotel in augusta suspected a scam that barnes Bopro, and walker washington were arrested mm. washington and Bra- listen, barnes- listen to that location huh i said listen Augusta, to that georgia location georgia well they, the atlanta georgia was where it first happened oh oh but you know what they probably went to the white side of town i guess it's gotten that gentrified i don't know share like everywhere else credit cards used in the scam included one that was stolen and another that was likely fake the complaint states two others with the group told deputies they were homeless men from atlanta who had been recruited by the defendants to be bodyguards others who traveled with them were not charged wow others who travel with them yeah i mean what the look like the wu-tang clan you're gonna need more than just two people karen that's true everybody know the wu-tang clan got like nine members i don't know which they, one i guess they was like i guess y'all one of them it's about five ten of y'all i don't know which ones they said they were anyway karen guess the race oh some negroes negroes okay i right, let's check the chat room uh nah if they went to the white side of town oh that's not that cat no 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 black scamming ass negroes ain't nothing to fuck with black <laughs> i guess they needed to protect their check okay um shaolin niggas <laughs> didn't have the cream black oh Aww. i see you i see you they said the new thing clan uh not the wu-tang clan black i guess they're trying to diversify their bonds <laughs> the correct answer is everyone got it of course black they could claim to be trying to help the homeless oh possibly yeah and i guess atlanta atlanta must have got that gentrified that no but you know what though it's so many wu-tang clan members to be real you could fake to be one of them niggas to me you know like if you wasn't raekwon like some of the main ones like if they was like yes me you got i'll be like i guess all right you know if inspector deck delivered a piece of my house i wouldn't fucking know Mm-mm. you know like it, it is enough of them they they, they 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 met somebody was like look i know all the members and you don't look like them we in the killer bees yeah they ran into a stand you that's what happened they ran into a pure stand it's like um if you go to my office i got a poster you don't look like none of the niggas in my or, poster or you know with these phones in our pockets 
you know like you could be like yeah i'm you god and i could be like oh man i'm gonna take a selfie with you god and he was like wait a minute this ain't no damn you god because the internet gonna let you know that, that that's not a real person you got on instagram right now talking about logging in uh clocking in at shoney's you can't be who god you got um a 36 year old woman calls 911 repeatedly because parents shut off her cell phone she got arrested what she call him on the landline Good. must have i mean if they cut off her cell phone she try to burn her phone I, I, Saloni Katarapal uh, <clears throat> demanded on February 13th that authorities come to her Jackson Township home to deal with the matter. Katarapal was given a warning instructing her only to dial 911 for a legitimate emergency. Oh, because your phone does let you continue to dial 911 even if you're, it's shut off. Right, because it's designed to do that just in case you need an emergency. Yeah, you cannot have service. But if your phone is on, you can still call. She argued. Probably the only number you can call. She argued that what she was experiencing was a legitimate issue and belligerent court documents. Oh, and she was belligerent, court documents said. She is scheduled to appear in court February 27th. Millennials such as character. Why they had to throw it on the millennials? Okay, boomer. Millennials such as Ah! Kater Paul. Uh, have often been stereotyped in general culture as entitled snowflake generation arguably the typical view has some basis in fact whether for economics or cultural reasons millennials really are staying in school and living with and relying on their parents longer than previous generations did because of debt right you mean because sally may on their ass and freddie mac yeah mm-hmm. or whoever got your loan we know they mm-hmm. sold all the loans okay nick mm-hmm. you please don't write in okay mm-hmm. it's just a joke that's like that's that's that's, that's like the old uh couple that was like uh you owe us mm-hmm. we own you they are sympathetic to socialism and wow what is this article so hate-filled jesus don't like millennials much uh anyway karen guess the race of um salani Katerpal. Indian. All right, let's check the chat room and see what they believe uh for the race. Um she was hoping to get some of her people to answer the phone Indian. Oh. oh. Calling the police on purpose white, East Asian. Um all right, we're not getting a lot of guesses tonight. Power Ranger gloves white, red dot not feather. Oh. Hindi Indy. <laughs> The cor- i've never heard that one before the correct answer is and you guys that said indian karen you got it right some of you guys got it wrong man she looked mad as hell about that 36 years old but i guess you could be in a situation at 36 i mean you know what at 36 if your parents got to pay for your phone you probably are the kind of person that need to call the cops on them like it's probably a desperate enough situation where they still fucking with your phone at at 36 years old yeah, that's like, a minute pay your own bill. yeah uh that's her picture oh she is upset yes she called them multiple times she still look mad about that shit mm-hmm like these motherfuckers are turned on my goddamn phone i don't know what do i get one call the only reason i want to go to prison is so i get this one call for free catch up with my girls see what they talking about uh all right let's go to the, the bonus round 
double the points and the race double the points and the race that's right double the points double the race in the bonus round against the race so far karen is a rare two for two i know can you believe it but can she go into the third round and get it correctly uh get it correct a woman posing as a photographer allegedly drugged a new mom and tried to steal her baby what mm. you could just walk away when she fell asleep from not having enough sleep you didn't have to drug her pop it on preach i'm keeping your baby a woman allegedly poses an infant photographer in a plot to steal a baby drugging one new mom with a cupcake in her attempt what juliet parker 38 was arrested on friday and is being held on suspicion of attempted kidnapping and assault uh according to records in pierce county washington her 16 year old daughter was also taken into custody what the daughter was in on wait you already have a daughter and you want to steal another baby according to the sheriff's department the new mother met parker in a facebook group where parker was offering free baby photos she could use to bolster her portfolio she visited the woman's home three times taking cell phone selfies with the baby and also wiping her fingerprints off items she touched oh now see how you didn't notice that oh would you like a glass of water sure and then she's just wiping it with a shirt mm-hmm <sighs> yep uh and i'm also gonna need to get some alcohol swabs so i can get my dna off of this thank you oh so it's like no proof that she was even there on the third visit parker's 16 year old daughter gave the victim a drug cupcake basically she was drugged they put drugs in a cupcake she ate it and they attempted to take a kid the sheriff's department did not immediately respond to questions from buzzfeed news i mean did did she wake up or did she did she Mm, it's almost like it's almost like that's gonna come up in the article later like i wasn't done Mm. i'm sorry it's okay i know you're just very inquisitive over there sherlock (laughs) yeah i'm like the the fuck did she did she wake up in the middle of it like what's happening here karen got over there benoit blanc gonna gonna solve the mystery huh yes over there knives out after feeling numbness drowsiness and vomiting the mother went to the hospital and filed a police report she later discovered that parker had stolen her house keys it was all part of a plot for parker to obtain a baby and then raise it as her own she wanted a girl she wanted them five weeks and younger so she could raise it herself take it out of state and pretend it was a newborn of her own (gasps) since parker was arrested police have identified more new miles she targeted and the sheriff's office is calling on anyone with information to continue to come forward what how many missing children is it then listen y'all here's what i'm thinking this could be a great fucking movie oh my god okay you think grown girl had twists and turns a woman that get her whole baby stolen and then when they try to find the evidence of who stolen and shit it's like well she wiped all her fingerprints she ain't got no dna that wasn't her real name you know what i mean that'll be a great movie mm. tyler perry write this get on it right now we could do it in three days Mm-hmm. So I, I i got to, i know you don't need no help writing the script so you just go ahead and write it and send me the check all right matter of fact cast me in it okay i want to be the security guard that comes by the house and goes uh ma'am i mean the police and, and be like ma'am we don't have any fingerprints um and i need a real bag wig like mr t wig or something i want i want to make these niggas upset on twitter tyler yeah. if you're listening and i i, I want to be the black fan of girl i don't think you trust her Mm-hmm. i'll be that woman give karen a wig too okay? i take a wig give her that like um that wig from how to get away with murder type wig I, 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 I never season one not not the season when they fixed the wig the first season and every time you uh uh turn to me i want my wig to be different yes um 
it was a part of a plot for parker to tan a baby da, da, da. She, uh since parker was arrested police have identified more miles da, da, da. parker also used the names juliet noel and juliet Gaines. after the initial case was reported to the local media more women have said they were contacted by parker who told them she was a photographer one mom amanda appling told kmo komo news that she spoke to with parker in december but was told that she wasn't looking for a boy at the time oh she wanted a daughter girl dad hashtag gabby romaine gabby romaine another woman who had contact with parker told the news five that she was about to let parker photograph her birth on monday damn she was gonna take the baby out of the right out of the birth like uh excuse me i'll just cut off this placenta bye i don't think she could take out of the hospital because now don't 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 they have like the mama with a with a maybe she was gonna do it outside of the hospital like with a oh, uh, doula or whatever because i about to say now every every everybody the whole fucking hospital got on lockdown imagine you the doula for that joint now you gotta become the motherfucking person that whoops somebody ass trying to steal a baby Psh. the suspect also unsuccessfully ran for mayor of colorado springs last year what? using the name julie parker damn she during her mayoral run she spoke against homelessness and advocated for affordable housing according to colorado springs gazette i guess for all those kids she was stealing right she was like ah listen if you have children under five weeks that need to be housed ain't no need for them to be homeless okay now my platform is a very specific platform for affordable housing this has so many twists you write this fucking will be excellent they would you go back go with her running for mayor it's honestly, and everything it's honestly like tyler perry did write it it honestly is right anyway can i guess the race of julie parker oh, or why? juliet parker or julie Gaines? The, 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 is, is 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 white as snow all right the let's see the chat room the hand that steals the cradle disturbing ass white lifetime movie white wouldn't vaccinate the stolen baby white the story is nuts oh. hand the hand the rocks hand the rocks the cradle white stealing babies this some white shit white white the correct answer is everyone gets the same thing everyone got it right white damn still in babies whole ass babies diabolical targeting new mothers with it five weeks and younger traumatizing it is how do so many questions like the fuck is this what what is happening to the kids yep so i definitely some of those kids you ain't never gonna find i definitely would not want this woman taking pictures of my baby okay oh no like she had if your selfies don't look good i definitely don't need you taking pictures of my baby. who did your eyebrows baby no thank you right like you gonna mess my baby pictures up then you know all the pressure on facebook can't have no ugly baby because then people be talking about you in these subliminal facebook posts about ugly babies you know they do and then but but everybody know they talking about your baby because like you the only one that had a baby recently and shit i y'all not slick i seen it oh people it's funny how you can't say people have ugly babies ha 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 i'm not talking about nobody specific i'm like nigga you just seen your cousin baby pictures what are you talking about <laughs> we, we know who you talking about you're not slick you should have shut the fuck up all right let's get into the last segment guys talk about sword ratchetness her eyebrows look surprised like a permanent surprise holly quinn with her what the hell is this surprise she ate that cupcake 
with eyebrows like that, I'm not eating shit from you. Sword ratchetness. A man wields a cane sword at a local Trump ra- at local Trump rally attendees. Oh shit. Donaldton Donaldton Police Chief Mike McQuaig demonstrates the use of oh, let's get to the article. <laughs> Wait, is this even the article? What's going on with this? It's all pictures and captions. Uh give me a second of look article. But uh yeah, of course sword ratchetness is when we cover the stories about people that got swords out here doing all kinds of god knows what because we don't really have a lot of laws against swords mm-hmm. you would think we want to have gun control we don't even have sword control and uh this is a good place to start uh donald a donald man on february 6th allegedly brandished a sharp pointed metal sword in the faces of attendees at a local flag waving event held to celebrate the impeachment and acquittal of president donald trump now who the fuck holds a party for impeachment acquittal i don't know how do you even get that evite how do you james whitehurst the second 49 was charged february 6th with 10 counts of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon without intent to kill and one count of disorderly conduct the sword was unsheathed from an unscrewed court wooden cane stick which uh was similar in dimension to a short pool stick according to the dunnelin police report victim said whitehurst approached the gathering of people at the rally around 11 15 a.m uh with his sword unsheathed he then made threats against the group and pointed the sword in the faces of attendees the victim said the event was held across the street from mcdonald's uh approximately 30 to 40 people were in attendance 30 to 40 wow that's a lot of people come on just on a random thursday at 11 (laughs) a.m i gotta hey you know i gotta get off of work early today man i'm going downtown to do the trump rally and you know downtown means they got two two buildings in this city I saw him remove the weapon from his sheath as he crossed Highway 41, said Kenneth Hall, who was among those in attendance. He was enraged when he got to the middle of 41. The victim said Whitehurst made threatening remarks while pointing the cane sword without approximately, within approximately six inches of their faces. They reportedly, they reportedly said they were in fear for their lives. No one was injured. Wow. Yeah. Guess the race of this guy. I'ma go white. He was white. Okay. Good, good call man you're on fire the last two days uh i was like i'm hoping i'm right white well i would have went black or something some type of brown because you know uh trump supporters uh (laughs) then i was like you was allowed in the room with him yeah so that's why i said why i'm like well no he wasn't allowed in the room it was a march he crossed the street with a sword threatening their 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 gathering Ah. so he wasn't with them oh i thought okay okay yeah but uh somebody say it was a brandy bro now you know i normally don't do this but james whitehurst the second you can't bring your sword no no swords allowed but you can come down down to the cookout when i wake up in the morning love. we know he gonna protect us from out of trump supporters that's the kind of ally we need at the cookout come on we maybe we could put him on guard duty give him a sword and make Come him on. stand on the stand outside. outside somebody will bring you a plate okay mm-hmm. we'll be sure the tea is not sweet mm-hmm. potato mm-hmm. salad make 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 the white one just for him we need your help okay because you know trump support is going to be standing outside of the rally like the westboro baptist church and uh he gonna get the regular mayonnaise you know the miracle and the niggas like the miracle whip. we make yours with the regular white we go, you you can do the dukes we'll have a. Uh, 
Ralph Northam bring you a plate. He'll okay. moonwalk out there to you. He'll, he'll slide it on out there. We appreciate you, player. Come on, keep us protected. All right, that's it for this episode. <laughs> Thank y'all for uh, listening. We appreciate y'all. Thank you. Um, and we'll be back uh, tomorrow. Until then, I love you. I love you too. Mwah. <laughs>